Hey everybody, if you like combat sports, mixed martial arts, and anything else such as hockey or just any other topic, make sure to hit the subscribe and share button as the community for the Drew Spirians grows. Available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and all other audio podcasts. And with that, I'd like to also say thanks to a few supporters, KRT Tips and Tricks, uh, Kyokushin Shuffle, Moments Management, uh, Marshall Way Blog, and uh, today's and t- t- and with that, this is the Drew Experience, the show that's eighty percent combat sports and twenty percent everything else. Uh, today's topic is a very different one. It's twenty percent everything else mainly because with the pandemic, I've been a very vocal about it uh, that I think gyms should be reopened and how it doesn't make sense that small businesses are affected. Today, um, I have. Uh, one, I have a very successful entrepreneur who's in the fitness industry. He's going to tell his story unfiltered, unbiased about what's going on, what can be done better, and how this has not affected only him, but his uh, peers around him in his industry. I'm very pleased to be joined by entrepreneur and successful investor, John Politis. Welcome to the show, John. Well, thank you for having me, Andrew. No problem, no problem. So how's everything been with, uh, I mean, so you were a year into we were a year into this pandemic or whatever however you want to see it and mm-hmm. I think everybody's been affected some way or another. Oh, of course, I agree with that. Well, I want to explain first that I have been in this industry. I'm 42 right now. I've been in this industry all the way till the age of well, I started at 19, but mm-hmm. 20 is when I really started doing into it. I started off as a trainer, but then I uh, after being a trainer, I had my supplement company. At a supplement line. After the supplement line, I had a meal prep line. So I had pretty much anything from a gym. I've worked in Miami. I worked in Montreal. I invested in gyms. Pretty much anywhere you could think of. Anything relating to the fitness industry, I have been involved. I was also the first guy to introduce meal preps in Canada, basically, in Montreal. Wow. Yeah, I was the first person to actually do it. I never uh, got around to it to do it full time because to be honest, I didn't really see a lot of success in it. A lot of people are seeing a lot of success now because, well, right now it's a lot more popular than it was when I did it. Well, good for them. I mean, uh, I'm not a person who's jealous of anybody. When I see people succeeding, like if someone wants to ask me for advice and he's a direct competitor of mine, I will give him advice because in the fitness industry, there's a lot of jealousy involved. And a lot of people have told me, why are you helping these people? They're your competitors. You know what? The more you give, the more you get back, especially in the fitness industry. And a lot of people are going to see this long term. A lot of people are rookies. And the biggest mistake they do is they try to be the best they can be. And they see everybody else as a competitor. You shouldn't see. uh, You should do your own thing. And nobody's your competition. Even though they're your competition, you can't focus on what you're doing. Focus on what you're doing. So that's what I did when I was very young at the age of 20. I saw everybody who was a trainer and they told me there was a, your, they're your direct competitor. What I did was I did my thing. I, did, uh, I was paying attention to what they were doing and I was paying attention to what I was doing. And uh, I did very well. And uh, that's a lot another topic of how I did the whole thing, but I ended up doing very well. And a lot of trainers were, again, they were attacking me. They were telling me that this guy is not an expert. He just started doing this. I have 10 years of experience. That guy is using marketing techniques, uh, you know, to scam people. He's, he's using before and after pictures, uh, basically whatever they could think of to put me down. Why? Because I had more clients than them and a lot of their clients were coming to me. Why? Well, the thing is with me is I go through a person's way of thinking and I know how to attract people. So what I did was I basically uh, looked at everybody and what I can offer them that they cannot offer them. So that's when I started doing the meal prep. I go, you're going to come with me. Everything is going to be ready. I have a meal prepping company. I'm going to prep everything. So back then, none of that stuff existed. And I did everything for them. And all they had to do was just follow a plan and they were getting results. Everybody else was telling people, you got to weigh calories. You got to do this. You got to do this. Well, what I did was in this industry, you got to find a problem and you got to solve it just like in business, you know? So that's what I did. Everybody's problem was they couldn't stay disciplined without eating. So I solved that problem. I told them, you know what? And everybody would tell me what, wow, that's amazing. 
I have that problem. I can't do everything. I can't weigh anything. Well, I'm going to take care of everything for a small fee. And people will pay a small fee if it's going to save them time and money because people forget time is money. Preparing everything is money. A lot of people are thinking that, well, if you cook everything in your own home, you're going to save a lot of money. But people forget one thing. What is cooking? They claim it takes me one hour to cook to prepare. No, it doesn't. By the time you leave your house, by the time you go and pick the food, you wait on the cash register, you come back, you clean, you rinse, you cut, you cook. It's not one hour. By the time you go and come back, it's a lot of your time. And a lot of these people that I was training, there were people who work. Like a lot of people, most people who are going to hire a private trainer are people who have a decent amount of disposable income. And you explain to them, if you save time by doing this, you can, you're going to be able to work more. So if someone is able to put in two hours extra to make an extra 200 bucks a day, 150 a day, depending on what they're making, and they're spending the extra $20 at getting food that's ready to them, they're going to spend extra money. So that's what I will tell people. I will tell people, uh, put down the hours. How many hours do you spend time working? And here's how you can save money by doing this. So... I don't tell them by wasting money. At the end, you gotta show them how much time they're gonna gain and how much money they're gonna save. So what I was doing is, I was getting into a business perspective with these things. So my goal was to make people save money, save time, and be happy. And that's how I started, and it picked up. And then more people started following this, they started following packages, and I was not charging people by the hour. That's a thing. I don't know if you realize now, there's a lot of people online, they talk about, get high ticket sales, high ticket prices, don't go by the hour. I did this before anybody else did this. Back then, every trainer was charging by the hour. What I did was, by the hour, nobody's gonna stay because people are gonna hire one person, one session, two sessions, even if it's a 10 session package, your goal is not to make the person pay you by the session. What I would do is I would offer a package. I would say, you're gonna, you need to register with me for three months, but you're gonna need to be ready. If you're not ready, don't register because you're going to waste your money and you're going to waste my time. And we're not here to waste each other's times and money. But what you can do is this. Why do I have a three-month package? It's because that's how long it takes to start seeing results. It takes 30 days to make anything into a habit. It takes 60 days to get used to living that habit. And it takes 90 days to see the results of being in that habit. And that's what I would do. And people got results. And because that's why they would quit, people would quit too early. And people do pay if they see results. So then I started having monthly packages, not monthly packages, well, it was 90 day package, like three month packages. And uh, people get, and not, more people started following that. And that's how everything got started. I did this when I was 22. And back then, none of that existed. So people, there was no internet back then. Back then, I was advertising in Craigslist. Yeah. And that's what I did. Eventually, that's how I got started. And then I, uh, I gained some weight. I decided to take advantage of my weight because everybody would, would say it takes a long time to gain weight. And um, I actually got to 220 and I got very ripped. I can send you pictures so you can show them if you want to post them. And uh, these are real life pictures. And if you look at them, they look fake. But no, because I wanted to show people how they can do it. And I wanted to show people they can do it by eating whatever they want, all about moderation. And again, I solved everybody else's problem because everybody's problem was, I can't eat this, I can't eat this. I mean, well, you know what? You could eat this. I'm going to document it. I'm going to take pictures. I'm going, to, I'm going to prove it to people. You can eat whatever you want, have a life, and uh, be successful. And that's how I did it. And that's how I started my seminars. I would do seminars and my before and after pictures. And my seminars were pretty full. Like every weekend, I would do two seminars on Saturday and Sunday. There were six hours each. And I would have one to 150 people. Now, uh, here's how I did. How do you get people to join your seminars? Again, you got to give back. So what I would do is I would get partners with a gym. Most gyms will not get in business with you unless they're going to make some money off you. That's the truth. That's and I don't blame them. They got to pay rent. These gyms got to pay $20,000 a month in rent. And they're not going to just give you a room and rent it for a room for an hour. You know, they want to make sure you're going to bring them something back. So here's what I did. I got together with a gym. Let's say a gym charge. I'm just going to give you a number, $300 a year. Back then, they were charged 300 bucks a year. I go, let me ask you a question. I want to make you an offer. What if I can get you 100 people to register every month here 
and the price is going to come down to 250. But in order to come down to 250, 100 people were going to have to join right away. So what happened is this. They told me, okay, we agree to that. So what I would do is people would pay my seminar. My, I would just charge $50 for my seminar because it was a vehicle to get clients. Mm -hmm. you know, like a lot of people say it's free, it's free. Nothing is free. It's a vehicle to get people inside. Now I would charge them $50. With $50, I would tell them now, if you're passionate about joining a gym and you join this gym, it's $300 a year. But if you join this month, it's going to be 250 dollars and the $50 you invested in the seminar, you're going to get it back in return of the gym. So the people coming to the seminar, they were happy because they got back the $50 in reduction from the gym. The gym was happy because they got a lot of people right away. And I was happy because I got a lot of clients. So that's how this industry works. The more you give, the more you get back. And that's how I did it. I went into people's thinking and gym owners like that. Then more and more gym owners wanted to work with me because they realized I get people in the seminar and they can get clients immediately. And that's how everything got started. And eventually I took it from there. I invested more into gyms. That didn't really work out because the gym, it's, um, it never works out with partners. I'm going to be honest. It never works out. And then I focused yeah. more on seminars, you know, and that's what I did. Partnership is a very uh, tricky thing because you got to make sure, because the thing is you're a subcontractor and there's always going to end when the, and when they say, yeah, we're going to profit share. I've been yeah. there. I've been in the, in a meeting with for partnership and it's like, we're going to make this amount or you're going to make this amount. And I'm like, and in my head, I, I, I say to myself, no, because I know someone on the other side is going to want to take a bigger portion of the profit pie. So yeah. it's a no for me. So that's why like, it's like, it's better just to do it on your own. If you can have self-ownership, because then if you partner up and let's say all the work you've put in, they're going to take it and say, Oh, well, I'm the owner of it. Like, and then that, yeah. that sucks for that. That's the worst part for like someone like yourself or me. Like, let's say like I own my show, like, you know, yeah. and someone wants to partner up and the terms might look good, but at the end of the day, I rather own it to say, Hey, I did it. And it grows organically. Cause it's everybody. And once you get, big in, a, in any field, everybody wants to put their hand in your pocket to a degree. Well, that's what happened. And mm -hmm. uh, a couple of gym owners, they got a little greedy and then they wanted more because they realized I was making money, but they were making money. And when people realize that, wait a minute, but this guy's using my gym here. So I have the upper hand. I, the owner is always going to feel they have the upper hand. They don't have the upper hand. You're the person who's giving them the upper hand. If you leave from the gym, they're losing a hundred clients a month because that's what they were making, but they don't realize it. When they get greedy, people don't realize until they lose something. Ever heard that expression? Yeah. You don't they know what you have until, until you lose it's gone. it. Yeah. And that's when they realize. So me, I would tell me, you know what? I'm putting this on hold right now. Me, I don't disagree with people. I just walk away and I tell them no problem. I can't afford that right now. And I'm not really doing well right now. So I want to wish you luck on your future endeavors. And that's it. I would just go around to another gym and then the owners would call me, hey, John, what's going on? I thought you're not doing this anymore. Well, I decided to start getting back into it again, but uh, I couldn't afford your prices. So I found somebody else who's willing to give me better prices and they're both happy. And then they would tell you, well, maybe we can agree on something. So again, when they realize they're not making money anymore, they're going to call you back, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go back because you know what? It's about, it's not, I respect these people. But at the same time, these guys don't know how to, even though they're business people, they're businessmen, they don't know how to handle it from an entrepreneur perspective. Because sometimes you can't charge somebody more money. But like, for example, let me give you an example. You got somebody who's paying rent and he's paying rent. And I've been a tenant, so I know. Uh, I'm in a landlord. So here's how it works. When you're renting something, and you got a family who's paying $1,000 a month and they're consistent every single month. Then a landlord claims, you know what? I'm going to charge them 1200 bucks a month. They don't want to come. They're going to leave. They're going to hire somebody else for their apartment and they can afford to pay them 1200 bucks a month. And they're late on three months payments. And this happened a lot during the pandemic. So are they winning anything? No. Having a constant flow of money is much better than playing that guessing game, at least from one source of income. And that's what happens with a lot of owners and gyms. That's where they lost gyms. They rely on one or two sources of income. They don't work on people like me and renting a certain place to bring them in more money. Some people are going to rent their, their spaces for, you know, yoga instructors, cardio instructors, just something. 
But again, these people are not going to bring them in the money. Me, I sh that's what I did. And uh, over the years, I kept doing it. And uh, it's been very well. It's been very successful. Uh, and th then the pandemic started. And uh, we can yeah. get into that after. <laughs> Of course, of course. Yeah. And like, I mean, like, you know, fitness industry is booming, you know, you think of it like in terms of, you know, like the, the, like the decade about the decade ends, 2020 comes, you know, everyone's kind of like expecting a, a great year. And then yeah. March 14th comes and yeah. they announce we're in an epidemic pandemic, you pick the vernacular you want. What was it like to hear that word? Like at first, was the fitness industry kind of on edge or were they, or were they kind of, did they kind of think, okay, it's not that bad. Maybe if people like just wash their hands, we can stay open. Well, when this happened, it was last year. I remember very mm. clear. It was uh, March, the second week of March. And well, the, um, the news networks, news outlets all said the same thing. We're going to close everything down for two weeks. Everybody thought, uh, I mean, two weeks is in uh, two weeks is a long time. That's what everybody thought at first. It's a long time. Like, wow, two weeks. What's going to happen? I'm getting into it. Uh, a lot of re the resolutioners were gone by then. So that's not a problem because resolutioners start in January and they quit after the first six weeks. But it's the people who are serious and they didn't take this into consideration. It's going to be a long time because in my years, this has never happened before in history. This is unheard of to close a gym, especially a place where people get healthy. Yeah. So what happened was nobody thought about nothing. To be honest, nobody thought about nothing. Prices were the same. Nobody bought any fitness equipment. Some lucky people that I know, they decided they're so dedicated, they're so disciplined, they're gonna go out and they're gonna buy fitness equipment. And they got everything at a good price because after the first week of March, everything was very low in prices because back then the prices were three times cheaper than they are now, even four times cheaper. And uh, I know somebody who bought full sets of weights, uh, pretty much anything you could think of, for like $2,000. They built a whole uh, complete gym. Now, after the second week, when they said they're going to extend everything, I knew something's wrong here. And I knew 100% that they will not extend it for another week or two weeks. It's going to be months. Why? Well, because that's when I spoke to certain people from all over the world, what's happening. And there's people who told me that they sold other stock their weight, everything within two weeks. So they had no more weights. Now, when I heard that there's no more stock in weights, supply and demand, that's how it works. When there's a high demand and low stock, these people are gonna score big selling weights. But by the first week of April, the prices were, I wouldn't say they were where they are now, but they were up there. Like for yeah. example, a set of dumbbells back then, they would go for 80 cents a pound and they were selling at $2 a pound. That's the first week of April already. After they went, right now they're a bit lower than they were last year, but I knew something's gonna be, uh, something's wrong right now. And I, a lot of people, they, uh, they were asking me, what, what are they gonna do, what are they gonna do? Well, me right now, I knew because I already had some equipment, had a lot of equipment sitting down in storage because I had a gym, so I kept everything in storage. And I, I ended up selling some of the stuff myself because I thought maybe, uh, I don't know, I have enough stuff, but then I realized that, what if I need them? What if I need my equipment, you know? But you don't realize it because at first you go, you know, let me take advantage of selling them. They're collecting a lot of dust. I want to get rid of my storage because I'm spending money on that storage. But then I'm realizing, am I doing the right thing by selling them? And I, I did something dumb. I ended up selling pretty much everything I had, 80% of everything I had. Whoa. And then I'm realizing like, what the hell, I have nothing left. So then I started calling people, gym owners, if they have anything to sell me. Some gym owners, you remember that I told you a lot of people, when you help them, they help you back? Yeah. Well, that's when it came in handy. A lot of gym owners will tell me, you know, John, you helped me over the years. You can have whatever you want. Don't worry about it. Wow. That's yeah. how, talk See, about, that's tell, talk about that's good karma. People, eventually, who would realize that one day would happen that, and people had told me that, uh, you know what, you can get whatever you want and uh, don't worry. Uh, you don't have to pay me. You can pay me whatever you want. But if anything, you could return it. But I ended up getting a lot of that stuff. I got some dumbbells. I purchased a lot of stuff as well. But the point was, these people were willing to give me stuff that I never asked for. Like they gave me a spinning bike. You know, they gave me a treadmill, which I never used. But the point was that they helped you back. And uh, people, here's the thing. A lot of trainers, they were full-time trainers. And they were starting out. So it affected these people. 
how did it, how did they get affected? Well, it's a lot worse than what it seems because a lot of people they try to bring their online into the business, uh, their business into online training, and you know what? They realize that it's going to be better. I'm going to be more comfortable. I'm going to be working from home. Uh, people realize that uh, very quickly that the lack of social interaction with people is going to affect you psychologically. And that's when they didn't realize at the beginning, when people work from home, it sounds like fun at first, especially in the fitness level. But you know what? I've been in the fitness industry. I've been training people one-on-one. It's not the same thing like training in a computer. You get bored. And uh, let, no? let me be honest about that. Cause I tried to do a zoom karate class and within 20 minutes, it's like, yeah. I was turning my screen off. It's like, I can't even do this. Well, I said, I can't, I can't, I'm not motivated. I don't, it's, it's so like, no, just no. It's not possible because when you go in one, the reason people go one-on-one is to have somebody motivate them. And yeah. you know, when you know there's somebody waiting for you, you're going to be there. You're not going to cancel. It's a lot easier to cancel, you know, a zoom call. And uh, that's what happens. So these people quickly realize that, it's not as fun. A lot of people try to bring their classes outside, which they're doing now. It's a lot more fun. But uh, the way what affected these people a lot was surprisingly their income, their income. And if your income gets affected, your psychological level gets affected as well. They go together, these two, right? So when this happens is a lot of people, they were paying rent. They were paying the gym because when you got to train in a gym, you got to pay rent. And Gyms, to be honest, a lot of gyms, they never paid back anybody because it's happens. Like if you're paying rent, a landlord is not going to cut your rent because of the pandemic. So it's the same thing. Like you didn't hear any landlords. Or, you know what? I'm going to grant these tenants three months free because of the pandemic because the landlord has to pay the mortgage. Got to so pay the, the banks back. It's a whole rent. cycle. It's a whole cycle. So these people had to pay the gym, not everybody, because some gyms are charging every session per session, but a lot of people had offices that are rented inside the gym. And a lot of people, gym owners are smart because they're going to charge these people six months upfront, three months upfront. Some of them are going to charge you one year upfront. And uh, you know what? You're stuck. You have to pay the rent. And the same thing happens to gym owners. They got to pay the rent unless they own the building. But even if you own build the building, you still have to pay taxes. So the thing is, when you own something, you never really own it because even if you own it, let's say you own a building, you own a house, you got to pay taxes on that every year. Mm-hmm. If you don't pay taxes, they're gonna, the government's going to seize it. They're going to audit you too. That's why I pay your taxes, you know? Exactly. Why. And I know this too well because a lot of trainers, they try to get money in cash. Eventually, when your business grows too much, you cannot escape this. You got to declare money. You got to declare, declare taxes. You know, so what happened was these people were stuck. A lot of people stopped training completely. A lot of trainers, by the way, more than 50%, they quit personal training altogether and they went and worked other jobs because they realized that it's not sustainable. Like it's not sustainable. And uh, online training is that if they got to learn a new business to do it online. And again, it's not sustainable because they don't feel as good. They want to interact with people. So what people do and what they show they do is not the same thing. What I want, uh, it's hard to explain. A lot of people, they go online and they pretend they're happy. They're doing good. And then I speak to a lot of these people and they're not doing good. Like a lot of people are not happy. You know, a lot of people on the internet, I'm going to be honest. A lot of them are fakers. They fake everything. I know they fake everything because I even showed some of these people how to fake it. (laughs) And yeah. you know what? It works. A lot of the time it works. A lot of the time somebody appears to be successful on the internet because they have the nice car, they have the clients, they travel. All of that is fake. You know? They go to the restaurants, they look, they cook the good meal. I, I just feel social media is just a highlight of like what you want to put out there. Like you'll never see someone put out like something negative. And if they do, yeah, it's exactly. Like they'll That's put the that thing. they'll put that long, that really long quote, and then it, they'll finish it with something positive. And it's like, and there's a meme that I saw yesterday. I mean, a quote, it was so, it was so funny. I have to get, I have it here actually. I'm going to get, I'm going to read it aloud to you. If I'm not, and if I, if you see me checking my phone, it's just to get the quote. Cause I screenshot no problem, it. No I, I have to read this to you. It's, it's one of the great, it's one of the greatest things I've ever, I've ever seen. Okay. So wait, well, one second here. It says, so it says here, here, 
So just because you have abs and a fitness page on Instagram does not make you qualified to pop off and start giving me life advice. You know what? That's a thing with a lot of these influencers, I realize. Yeah. They put these quotes and uh, you know what? Uh, there's actually a statistic on that. You can actually look it up. And uh, people who most, the most inspirational quotes are the ones who do nothing. Yeah, you know. true. You know, successful people don't post any quotes. I never went around posting quotes because you know what? When I read a book, I go and take action right away. A lot of these people I know, they post quotes. I'm like, what are you posting this shit for? What do you do all day? What do you do exactly? I go, you're still working at a company for 15, 20 bucks an hour. What do you do? I go, you're 40 years old. You haven't done nothing, you know? And, uh, but uh, the thing is, everybody has their definition of success. Yeah. A lot of people, they're happy with what they do. But these people posting this, they tell people, you know, I have a quote that says, the more rejection I receive, the further I succeed. And I follow that quote because you know what? That quote says, when I got rejected, it motivated me to go more, a higher. And I have a poster in the back over here. You can actually see it right there. Yeah, it's that one there, right? The white, the white one in the corner. It's in the right corner. There. It says, success is the best revenge. It's true. You know, and I follow that. I put it and everybody tells me, John, why don't you post a lot of that stuff on social media? Because you know what? I don't care. I do what I do and I enjoy what I do. So a lot of the people will tell me, you have a, you're a personal trainer. You do all that stuff. Why don't you post? Why don't you go? Because you know what? I've done everything. Right now I've got other projects. A lot of the people that are doing these things, they're just trying to get by and they can't post anything negative. So I know guys who go out and lease cars for $800 a month. They're posting with these cars. I know people who go to Toro, they lease Audis, A5s, S5s. They post a picture with that on their steering wheel like this so I you can see it. So, I hate that so much. It's, so, not, it's annoying. I got, client, I got a client, by the way, who has a Rolls Royce Wraith. And you know what? He's not on social media because they don't care. These people are too busy working, building empires. And he, he had people asking them, do you mind if I sit in a car, post a picture right next with your car? And these same people are posting pictures on their social media pages, how they made it. And people believe it because it's so easy to fake everything right now. And it's very easy to believe it. Right now you go to Toro, you can rent any luxury car you want. There's four people getting together. They're renting that car for $100. They're posting a whole bunch of pictures. They're going somewhere where there's a nice lake in the back, they're gonna go at Westmount or anywhere else with nice houses. They're gonna post a picture and people see the nice houses, the nice car, and they go, success is what you make it with that quote. And these are the same people who are living with their parents. It's so true. It's you so know? true. Cause I was like, cause like, for example, I was talking with uh, your wife and shout out to Charlie, by the way, for connecting yes. me and you. Char Char Charlie, uh, I, I like, I like, I like busting her chops sometimes, but I love Charlie. No, like it. And I mean that in a friendly way. Cause I know you're married, but like Charlie was, Charlie and me are talking about this. Like we always talk about like, um, money management and you know, it's about what you keep. And then, you know, the problem is of social media, they get more attention. It's never going to be the actual finance experts. Like for example, I follow, uh, Ramit Sethi and a guy yes. named Adam Sosnick. Okay. So and they should be getting more followers because they actually give advice about what it means to, be, yeah. to keep your money. That's true success. I'd rather drive a Honda or a Mazda 3 yeah. looking like a bum than taking photos with nice cars, making it look like I made it when in reality I haven't done shit. And that's, that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, that, and, I'm, and you know, that's what she was saying. Like, you know, with the clients you work with, like you work yeah. with like very successful people. And the one thing they do, they never show up. You'll never know. They don't exactly. want attention. Well, the thing is, Charlie, uh, my wife has met a few of my clients who are very successful, very wealthy, including a billionaire. And uh, she saw a billionaire one day and uh, she met him, a very nice guy. And uh, he had a Honda Accord. A Toyota, no, it wasn't a Honda, that's for somebody else. He had a Toyota, uh, what's that Toyota, the mid-sized Toyota? Corolla or the Yaris? Camry, Toyota Camry. Camry? Yes, that's the one, so I'm not an expert on cars. He had a Toyota Camry, it was an old car, and it still kept on running. And uh, he looked, she was looking at him, and I go, isn't this guy a billionaire? I go, but you know what, he doesn't care. There's a car that's running. He spent his money, he, he spent his money making more money. So then she realized that, wait a minute, oh my God, these guys are the most successful. 
and they live the most modest lives. And it's like, if you read the book, The Millionaire Next Door, they talk all about that. Most millionaires, most successful people are people living right next to you and you don't even know it. And it's true, I've witnessed that, I've worked with these people. Now, it's funny you mentioned that because when I started off in the personal training industry, what I would do is, I took the money, the profits, and I found a way to make more money. I invested it in other sources of income. Like for example, what can I do? Can I sell t-shirts? Can I sell supplements? Can I invest in something that's gonna make me more money? Can I rent something? I would rent an apartment and then I would sublease it to somebody else. Subleasing is, is allowed sometimes. So that's what I would do. I would rent an apartment for $800 because I read a book on real estate and I would, I would furnish that apartment with very basic furnishings and I would rent it for $1,500. So I would make money of that. And I really, wow, I'm making money by not using my own money. So that's how I was doing it. And I told every trainer, find different ways of making income. What these trainers are doing right now, they're making some money and they're going out, leasing the nice car. It's not even their car, I say leasing because they're leasing it. They're not even writing it off because they can't even know, they don't know nothing about tax write-offs, these people. And they're going to a nice apartment, they're spending all the money on that, on flashy clothes. And these people, you're looking at that person, they're gonna think they're the definition of success. And what I was doing was, I had an old car, a Nissan back then, it was still running with 300,000 kilometers on it. And I wouldn't care because I would use that money to make me more money. And I wouldn't spend that on cars. I wouldn't spend that on flashy clothes. I would spend regular clothes. I would buy the last year's model shoes. I would go and buy, let's say for example, you know if you go to like stores like Sports Experts, the last year model shoes or the color nobody wants, they're cheaper. That's what I would buy. Because you know what, to me, there's, uh, the same, they have the same level of comfort, you know, in the clothes I feel comfortable. So that's what I would wear. You know why? Because when I wanted to be older, I wouldn't have to worry about that that much. Yeah. And right now I'm 40, I'm 42. And because of all that stuff, the pandemic has affected me, but not as much as it showed up with other people because I haven't I had enough sources of income to sustain me and not have to go crazy working 20 hours a day anymore. So people who spend everything right now, they're struggling, they're in debt, they can't, they can't afford to get by because you know what? They don't realize in the future, you're gonna need that. You're gonna need more sources of income. And it's too late after this happens because, and then you're gonna get the occasional person, but it's about enjoying your life. It's about enjoying your life. No, that's what the media portrays. You know what? What is enjoying life? To me, it's getting up in the morning, feeling good, eating breakfast, going for a walk, talking with people, not being hungry, to me, that's enjoying life. But the media doesn't tell you that. To the media is enjoying life is you gotta have a nice car, you gotta have a big house, you gotta travel, you know? Uh, you gotta have the people around you that are good looking people because social media is all about good looking people right now. You know, it's like the same thing with women. Women are all surrounded by silicone Barbies, you know? <laughs> Everybody's fake. Oh. You should get the new iPhone too. Every time the new phone, it's new, new, new. Like I, I'm telling you, I have an iPhone 8 Plus, okay? Yeah. So I'm planning to keep this thing for another three years. And if I have, and, and I, I never understood people that, that like you got last year's model. I, I need the iPhone. I need the iPhone 15. Why do you need the iPhone 15? Doesn't your iPhone 13, 14 have yeah. what it needs? I've, I've lost track of all the iPhones. It's X, XR. I have an 8 Plus. Just That's all you need to know. And I'm planning yeah. to keep it. But I don't get it. Like you're in line for like the next big thing. Here's another thing. Okay, so winter jackets. This is another one too, especially in Montreal. And you yeah. can agree with this. Every year, a new winter jacket comes out. Yeah. Everyone has to buy it. <laughs> and I, I'm going to tell you what I had. I had a, I had a Canada Goose from 2009 until 2018. I took care of it. And then I bought a power jumper because so I always I wanted a power jumper. And, and I know you have one. Charlie was telling me. I have a bomber. People are telling me to get the long coat. You know what? I'm gonna, I can swear. Yeah, you know what? Fuck them because that's their opinion. I like a bomber. And I like looking. I like the bomber. That's just me. So yeah, I bought yeah. a bomber. And what I did was I saved up for it. I put money aside every time I got my paycheck at my last job. And when I had the money, I went, luckily, I had a family, a friend of the family sells them. And I got to pay it in cash. And, and, I, yes. and, uh, and no, actually, I paid it on my credit card. But he, he, uh, he did a little trick so I can pay yes, the yes. deal. And then I paid it off in cash, the, 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 the balance off in cash because I had it in my account. And that's how you have to do it with this. 
that's a thing. People don't realize what cash is anymore because everybody's so used to putting everything on credit. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I don't, me, I'm very minimal. I only have two winter jackets and I have the same one for like eight years. And I got it. The reason I got it for is because I have a pair of jumpers. I like the way it looked. I like me the too. way it felt on me. And I got it on sale. You know, I got it on sale because uh, I, I always buy my winter stuff at the end of season. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about, I can't afford to buy it full price. But why? The question is, why should I? You know, right. and I had a lot of clothes because before I was semi-involved in the fashion industry and I would get a lot of free clothes and I had so much clothes. You know what I did with all these clothes? Uh, everybody has so much clothes, but they keep wearing the same clothes over and over. I don't know if you realize that. A lot of people have, I go to people that buy 20 pairs of jeans and you're going to wear the same two pairs all the time. You're going to have 20 shirts. You're going to wear the same three, four shirts all the time. I went and donated all my clothes. You know, and my wife was looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm going to take all these clothes. I go, but these are shirts are like $200 each. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I got them free. I'm going to give them to somebody who needs them. I'm not mother selling them, but because you know what? It's not always about making money. It's about giving too. So a lot of the stuff I have, I don't need it anymore. I give it away. I give a lot of fitness equipment. I give so many things like I don't need me. If I, if I have something and I don't need it anymore, I, instead of selling and making some profit, I'm going to ask if, do you know somebody who wants something or do you know somebody, I, I give away my bike. I go, do you know someone who wants a bike and they cannot afford one? I'm going to give them a new bike that I have. Not new, but it's semi-new. And people are so happy because to see people happy in giving them, to me, that makes me feel good. These are things that make me feel good. You shouldn't be greedy all the time because if you give, you're going to get back. Just like the gym owners want to, to give me back. And uh, people are so indulged right now. Like the first thing people do when they wake up in the morning, they go and they check other people's lives. Think about that. They go and they check other people's lives that they don't even know. Social media people. And they follow these people. They I'm guilty of it too. I, it's the first thing I do is I check Instagram when I wake up, but I got to <laughs> stop doing it. I'm guilty. And, uh, look, I got into that two years ago right now because I was bored. And my wife told me, you know, you should do more of that Instagram. You should do more. I go, why? I go, I don't know. It's just fun. I'm like, see, I never did that because I would get up in the morning and I would meet real life people. And a lot of successful people, they don't spend time on social media. The ones who do are the ones who are making money on social media, who have accounts that are actually making money. Some people are making money, but the reason they're on social media is because it's a source of income for them. And there's no problem with that. No, like a lot of coaches make money, but that's their source of income. When your source of income is something completely outside and you're spending six hours a day following other people's lives, you know, there's something wrong. I did a statistic once on women. You know what I found out about women? I use women in specific because they're more into social media than men, according to what I realize in statistics. Mm-hmm. 30% of women, 30% of women spend a good 20% of time talking about other people. So 30% of women spend 20% of their time talking about other people. These are the same people who claim they have no time to work out. <laughs> exactly. I think, and, and we could see it like in some of our parents too, actually. Like, I mean, like it's uh, it's the way it is. Like, and sometimes I don't care. Like, like you hear, like you hear about people's friends and like, yeah. you're like your parents or like your friends, friends. And it's like, it's like, I don't, I, I, it's like, it's like, I, I don't, I don't care. Like, it doesn't interest me to hear what Bob or Mitt or Sally did on social media or what they did. Like, it's like, sometimes like you have like your pair, like uh, I have like my, like sometimes my mom tells me about her friends and it's like, as much as like, it's nice to hear. It's like, it's just like, I don't know these people. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, but she's on social media a lot cause she's retired and you know, yeah, yeah. now she has time, but it's like, it's and like, she's discovering it now in a sense, but it's like, I've already been in that phase where it's like everyone used to gossip and it's like, it just, it just doesn't do any good going down that rabbit hole. Like it's, it's, uh, it's just, I tried it. I deleted Facebook off my phone. I deleted Twitter off. I deleted yeah. Twitter and I, I felt more happy. I, I, I've, I feel happier since I got rid of those platforms. Well, of course, because one thing they don't realize is when you're, you're always surrounded by radiation, Wi-Fi, you know, all these signals around your head. And uh, you know what I do once in a while, I go out completely out in the woods and uh, I go somewhere up in the mountains when there's no Wi-Fi signal. And you know what? Just spending one hour there, it refreshes your entire mind. You know, let the body breathe oxygen. 
people don't realize that people are breathing, people are not breathing oxygen anymore. They're breathing Wi-Fi. you know, they're breathing radiation around them. It's not dangerous radiation, but eventually it does get to you. Yeah. Especially people are looking down like this all the time. They're like this all the time, you know, oh, nobody looks straight anymore, you know? So when it comes to, let's go back to the trainers, the way they're being affected right now is, well, for once, they're being surrounded by social media, which is negative on their state of mind mm -hmm. because they get jealous. People get jealous. And right now, most of them have quit, but they lost a sense of reality right now. They don't know what it feels like to go and train people anymore. And a lot of people, I don't think they're going to go back to being full-time trainers because a lot of them, they, they got discouraged. They got discouraged. They're in debt. A lot of people have to go back to their parents. A lot of people have to put themselves in debt. So that's what that social media doesn't show you. Uh, ever heard of somebody says that that person, well, I'm going to use something not so nice right now, but you got to speak about it because it's realistic. A lot of the times last year, there's certain people who committed suicide. It's a very, it's, it's a real blowback. It's not like, that's the thing too. Like it, it, no one wants to talk about that, but I always say this is the real out. Well, real. it is real because yeah. that's what happens a lot, especially last year, a famous bodybuilder from England actually killed himself. And a lot of them, uh, they go through a very deep depression. Now these same people, they're posting pages that they're very happy, they're successful. And then you find out that that person fell into a depression and he killed himself. And every person is going to say the same story. I don't get it. He was so happy. He was so happy. I don't know what happened to him. That's the thing. They are not happy. What the media shows you, what the internet shows you, it's not reality. I speak with these people. And a lot of these people, they seem to be the happiest people on earth. It's the same thing with people posting pictures of themselves being in a very happy relationship. They're traveling the world. They're living the life. They're on the beach. And then they get divorced. It's all fake. That's what thing. So that's what people realize is don't believe anything you do. It's so a lot of these people are getting exposed by the media right now and they believe it. And they tell me like, I don't get it. How come they're doing so well? They're so successful. He has a nice car. He's straddling. He's happy. I'm like, what does that mean? I go, when I was more successful than most trainers, I had an old rusted Nissan. And if they would see me, they would look at me. They would think I'm the failure, but I'm not a failure. They're the failure because they put themselves in debt to portray an image that they don't own. And that's what I try to teach people. And it's not reality a lot of the times. And by being exposed to that, because there's nothing else to do during this pandemic, you believe it. The gym owners, the ones who have been around for a very long time, they will manage to get by because a lot of them do have some money saved up, but a lot of gyms have closed down. A lot of them have been bankrupt. Now, how are gym owners surviving? Well, I speak to them on a regular basis. The number one way of them surviving is, first of all, a lot of them rented out their equipment. A lot of people have rented out a lot of their cardio equipment for $300, $400 a month. Why so much? Because people will pay it. Supply and demand again. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, that's one way of managing. I consulted a few owners last year. How can they get back to managing? And here's what I suggested to them. And a lot of people actually put this in perspective now, and they're actually doing this right now. Now, I realized one thing. A lot of people working right now, there are people who are chiropractors, who are physiotherapists. They're allowed to work. So what I would do is a lot of the times I would tell people, get people who are in the physio department, who have a physio license. And you know, nobody checks your license, by the way. And they would go in gyms and they would actually let these certain people use the gyms, regular trainers, but I go change your title. See, you're an, you're an exercise therapist. Don't call yourself a trainer because therapy is allowed. So a lot of trainers, I would tell them, put a title of an exercise therapist. Why an exercise therapist? Well, because technically a physiotherapist, you need a license. An exercise therapist, you do not need a license. What's the difference? Well, the difference is one of them is, well, certified to be a physio, and the other one is not certified, but he's still allowed to teach certain activities that's going to help them rehab. And that's what a lot of trainers did. They changed their title, and a lot of the owners are allowed to bring these people in as long as it's one by one. So that's how a lot of, own, a lot of own trainers went back to the gyms. Right now, a lot of gyms have a lot of people training inside. They don't talk about that, but that's true. The government cannot interfere because they're doing therapy. 
a lot of the a lot of people I know again another way of managing this they go back and they pretend they're cleaners they have a cleaning business so they would go out in a truck in a van you know and they would go in uh, you know go in the gym so there's ways around after, after one year there's ways around owners are making money having to realize gym owners haven't been complaining as much this year as they were last year yeah I noticed that it's kind of down now it's down. aside from the curfew aside from complaining about the curfew but other than that exactly but they're not complaining about they're not complaining about their businesses anymore like they used to because after a while you got to get creative and I helped a lot of owners make money now word of mouth goes around very quickly when this happens and other owners are going to start following so gym owners are struggling you know with the clients but they're still making money to stay afloat so they're balancing out balancing out right now in the pandemic is a very good thing so that's what's going on right now a lot of people are bringing in people as therapists as chiropractors as cleaners and the government has never interfered once i've never heard of any gym getting interfered so that's how they're doing it now when gyms reopen the problem is when you reopen a gym, you're going to spend thousands of dollars investing money to that gym. And this is the problem that happened a few, a couple of months ago. And it was a big mistake to open a gym because a lot of gyms spend 10, even $20,000 in reopening process. And you know what? That money didn't come. So it was money lost. And uh, if this happens again, that's when you're going to see a really big loss in gyms. Do I think gyms are going to close down again? I feel this time, they're gonna stay open much longer i just feel it because uh the way things are going i can't predict this because nobody can predict what happened the first year but if gyms stay open they will get back to business eventually if they close down again you're gonna see a lot more bankruptcies yeah that's the thing because i understand I mean, look, I try to stay away from the news too because it's just so negative with everything. Yeah. So I try to watch like, it's like, and they were saying like, like one of the things that I keep hearing is that, you know, the government's like, like the Lagoa said, I don't want to do these shutdowns because I think they're realizing the economic cost. They can't keep opening and closing, opening and closing. So yeah. he's a businessman. You know what? You of don't course. have to agree with everything. I don't agree with everything he's done either. But at the same time, I like how he said that. He's like, we cannot keep shutting down like Ontario is. He's like, sooner or later, we have to stay open to bring in the revenue. Well, you know what? Eventually, uh, businesses, if they keep things the way they are right now, they are going to go bankrupt. Look at me, for example, I lost two big sources of income because of that. Because yeah. I still had investments and these are big sources. If these were my main sources of income, you know, I'd be homeless, you know? And that's what's happening to a lot of these trainers right now. They're on the verge of being homeless. If they wouldn't be living with their parents, they'd be homeless, you know, to give an idea. And uh, right now, government give a lot of handouts. So they helped a lot of these people. But you know what? These things can only last you know, a certain time. And you know, that's a, I think handouts are not a very good idea because people get too comfortable. Yeah. The serve, like I, like if you want to know, like, look, I understand the serve had its uses, but I never went on it. Cause I've been on unemployment. I've yeah. it's still, and I always say the worst thing someone can do is if, especially the government is when they hand out money because between, exactly. between the sleeve here, there's a knife that you have to pay back. And I don't like that. And the only time the government should, should that I, that I like the government is when I get my tax refund. Yes. That's well, it. The thing is the, the, the most dangerous place to be. I've tell this to people many, many times. You're going to read this about this in many books about success. A very dangerous place to be is being in a comfortable level. When you want money and you lose money, you get motivation to make money. You get motivation. You gotta be, you gotta start hustling. You're gonna find ways of making money. When the government starts handing you money, your motivation level goes down. You become comfortable. And these are the people who say, keep the shots down. People who want the shots down are the ones who are getting paid money by the government. Take away their money, their comfort, and see how fast they're gonna go and find work. You know? Yeah, there was a guy, I mean, like, look, I mean, 
uh like for example like i mean i don't want to like you know i want to keep it separate because like of where like you because yeah, your, yeah. your wife and i work together but when i got hired to where i work we had a guy like i sw- i'm i'm telling you and i'm quote i'm paraphrasing or quoting here he said like the the first day we started actually after training he says oh i'm quitting because i'm actually getting more money from the government yeah, i hear that many times yeah he's like i don't really need the job here you know i'm just gonna live off show and it's like and I, and I just thought to myself, wow, it's like we, like Quebec is already a nanny state. We, it's going to become an even worse nanny state with the Serb and all the other handouts. It's, it, it's, it's, ne- it, it's never going to end well here. Like it, it, I just feel like we have, it's like, and then when you try to like get rid of the red tape, there's so much like, like pro, like, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not protest, but there's so much like back, like uh, backlash to it. It's like, no, 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 you got to keep it. In. And that's the thing. Like it, it, it's just, this whole pandemic is just made at the blowback. That's going to come really, exactly. really bad. Well, that's what happened. It made people lose their sense of reality. Number one, their sense of motivation. People have lost their sense of to- uh, social interaction with people. If you stop interacting with people, do you know why, why they put people on house arrest? Because house arrest is still isolation. Doesn't matter how big your house is or how small your house is. It's still house arrest. It's not the same thing as going out and meeting people. And people realize this, but then they get too comfortable because they get everything handed to them. But when people start, when people need to pay back everything, that's when they panic. And to me, you know what I tell people, you need to experience failure. If you don't experience failure in life, you're not going to become nothing. You're, you need to experience failure because a failure is a stepping stone to success. Yeah. You know, that's how it is. And uh, I failed many, many times. Actually, my wife will tell you, every 10 projects I do, I fail 80% of the time. But that 20% is what makes it worth it. You know, Michael yeah. Jordan said, I was the biggest failure in my high school. The reason I succeeded is because I failed more than anybody else. So I, I kept on trying. And I, I fell. Every, almost everything I do, I fell. But I keep on going. That's, that, that's what life is all about. Life is a journey, not a destination, you know. And I, uh, like this year, nine out of ten projects I failed. And I'm still going to fail. But all you, all you need is 1%. You know, it's like, a, it's like the ticket, the lottery. It's six numbers, not five. You're going to fail. But eventually, you know what, uh, five out of six, you're not the winner. You know, so even though you're that close, you're not going to win. You know, so a lot of people, they're very close and uh, they fell. And uh, a lot of people claim they get lucky because it's funny because I was, I was supposed to be the most unluckiest person in the world. If you follow my path from a young age and uh, Charlie will tell you, oh my God, so many things happen to you. How come you keep going? How come you still, I go, because you know what? I don't use excuses. While others use excuses, I find solutions. I complain like everybody else, but it doesn't last long. You know, I realized what am I doing and how can I make this better? How can I find something that's going to be a solution to this problem? And then I can use it to help others, you know, but everybody is jealous of somebody else's success. I mean, you realize, name me every, any single successful person out there. They're going to have more haters than supporters. Cause people are lazy. They don't want to, they don't, they, they only see the shine. They don't see the, the process and the work that goes into it. That's they don't. The and they don't. And you know what? Uh, this is something I never really paid much attention, but I, I decided to start paying more attention because I wanted to use this as a statistic in my seminars. I'm going to tell you an example. Take a look at somebody like uh, Justin Bieber, for example, a lot of people hate him. He's very successful. He's very successful, you know, but people hate him. No talent. First of all, when you make it to that level, you need to have a certain form of talent. You need to have talent. I don't care what anybody else says because him, he went out, he put videos out when nobody wanted to hire him and he went and he put videos online. It wasn't even him. It was his mom who put videos online from yeah. what I read, you know, and eventually it picked up. Why? Because he kept on going. Now there's a lot of people like him, but they give up because a producer tells them you don't have what it takes. You have no talent. So they give up. And haven't you realized a lot of successful people, they have the same story. They've been rejected over and over and over and over, and they kept on going. Every single successful, nobody gets hired the first time. Nobody goes in auditions or the first time. Nobody goes and sings and, you know, 
Look at Shark Tank. Look at all these people who were rejected and then they went on and they, they still created their business. You know, it's just so, one opinion. It's just like there's other opinion. It's that's the thing too. Like with like with this, like with like when I do this show, like some people say you go to monetize, you go to monetize, and it's like, and you know what I realize? It's like they can say it, but you know what? I just kind of look at it as it's nice advice, but I realize they're kind of jealous too because then they want to put their hand in their pot yeah. in my pocket to a degree. That's how I look at it, and you know, like I, I keep a very very small circle of who I confide in with the show. And, uh, you know, they, they support the decisions I make, but the minute, like they start getting a bit too invasive, I kind of just be like, Hey, you're crossing a boundary with me. You know, like if like, like that's the thing, like it's like, I had like one that was a getting a, like a bit over zealous, you can say. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, sometimes you like, it's like, it's like, it's like, I, I let them be, you know, I let them be. And, um, I kind of, and at the end of the day, like, I don't want to say, oh, you're not part of the close circle. I just let, I let people think what they want. They think, well, like, some people think that they're part of the circle, but it's like, look, I know, I know, who, I, I know who I confide in for, for, my, for my ideas. The thing is with people is they care too much what people think. Yeah. Uh, what I, I did a few videos on my wife told me, she do some videos this year. I went on YouTube for fun. Look, I do things for fun, and I don't care. Uh, sometimes when I speak on video, it's not the same as I'm speaking in person. No. I tend to repeat things over sometimes. I, uh, I do videos, they're not perfectly edited, but you know what? I still do it. That's the difference. I still do it. And then I hear people, well, I'm not ready. Maybe I need to get my voice better. I need to get a better microphone, a better camera. I'm like, how about you just do it? Yeah. Do it whatever you have. I'm like, yeah, but it's not going to be good. I'm like, look at me. I wanted to do something. I went and I did it. And I don't care what people think because you know what? You live one life and I live my life without regrets. And eventually practice, practice, practice is how you're going to perfect something. The first part is getting started. Most people don't get started because they're so blindsided by everything else around them. Like me, if I want to do something, a new project, I'm going to see what I have and I'm going to go and do it. And I don't care what people think. Why? Because why are these people who are less successful than me telling me what to do? You know, <laughs> successful person will never tell you, don't do it. A successful person will tell you, do it with what you have. You know, yeah. not everybody, but most will. So that's what I did. And that's what I tell everybody. And, uh, well, that's how life is. And people, uh, they, they don't read, people don't read. The thing is people watch and follow, but they don't read books. People need to read more. They really do. I mean, right now I'm reading here. Let me get my book. I'm reading. <laughs> like I read books, real books. And, I, and because you know what? I like learning. Me too. You never like, know enough. With a, you can never know enough information. Yeah. Like right now, like I got some uh, for personal finance books because I'm finally moving out and I want to get my, okay. my eggs in order. So I'm reading this book here uh, by v free ad read for Vicky Robin, uh, Your Money, Your Life. It's a fantastic book. It's a bit interesting <laughs> in how like with the financial independence retire early movement. I don't really agree with everything they say, but it's just yeah. to hear what she says about like how to like manage money. That's super important. Like, uh, that's the thing. Like, you know, you, you, well, that, the thing is with managing money, it's a lot simpler than people think. Just people don't do it. Like for example, that, by the way, it's funny you mentioned moving out. I want to mention something when I had moved out. Right. And here's what I did. I went and I, because I kind of figured I was never home in the first place. I was home maybe two, three hours a day. So I rented a bigger place. It was a five bedroom, not a five bedroom, a five and a half that I had rented. And I decided I'm going to rent out the two rooms to somebody else. And it's going to be the exact same money. So I was renting out my two rooms and these two rooms were paying my rent. And I realized, oh my God, I'm living here for free because these two people, and why wouldn't they move in? Because people do move into a fully furnished place. You know what? And that's what I did. So people get, they don't get creative. You can move into a bigger place. Like for example, let's say for, there's a big house being for rent for $4,000 a month. It sounds expensive, but let's say you get eight people to rent that house. That house fits 20 people. It's not expensive anymore. I help, by the way, I mentioned that because I help certain people in big groups rent and they rent in a big house. And these are the same people who are on social media, by the way, they live in that big house that's rented by 20 people and it looks successful. So there's ways around it. You know? There is. There is. 
was just well. I have to admit, this was really fun doing because uh, you know I really uh, appreciate it. Where can people connect with you? I mean, I know it's been kind of crazy for you, but if people want to connect, like for seminars or what, any other work, uh, where can uh, they? Well, uh, they can contact me. I uh, even though I'm not on social media, they can find my Facebook page, John Politis. It's uh, regular John Politis from Montreal. There's a picture of me flexing, so you're gonna see it. <laughs> Perfect, that. I really want to say thanks for coming on. It was really fun. I learned a lot, and uh, I really like uh, the uh, the insights you have of like what's going to happen, like if the reopening, and it's important that people know what's the well, truth. Only, is. only time will tell. Everybody can predict, but at the end, only time will tell. You know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, once again, John, I really want to thank you, and also thank to you. Charlie, my again. colleague, and uh, your wife. And uh, it was really fun. It was a great way to get back into the the podcast game. As I'm back, I'm back with the new Good content. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, you did well. Thank you.